can't believe you don't watch Stranger Things. I feel like no things. news. Nah. I feel like that would have been your thing. No, nah, not at all, man. Really? At all. That first season so when they went good. to the other other world and it was like the upside, the upside down, down. it's like all these creatures like, nah. I finished it. Like I'm a person when I started the show, I finished it, but I But it's like, not nah. see yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta get you gotta get into the second season and the third season, man. I I really feel and like I'm you also push not really I'm not really careful like the old throwback nostalgic type stuff. Okay. I mean that, that aspect is nice, I think. Uh but it's not it doesn't rest its laurel. It's probably a good life. story written, but just the sci fi the monsters like man, okay. Like I'd rather just hear the story and like skip the monsters part. They still got monsters, I'm assuming. I, mean, I can't give you the you can tell me if there's monsters the or not. I saw season one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh shoot! I, don't know. I guess we'll never know. Shoot! I guess we'll never know. Yeah, I'm can't watching. Giving out spoilers. I'm watching some of the boys right now. Though. Oh yeah, the boys. Are good. Oh yeah, yeah. The boys are good. they push the limit, but that's wild right there. <laughs> they push the limit a little too far, but I need to show to watch. Somebody said watch Old Man. Have you heard of Old Man? Oh man, you watched oh, it's it? It's good. I've only yeah. watched one episode. What platform is that? How you gonna say it's good then if you've only watched one episode? Because like, hey, you need to watch the show. Only three are out, but episode. Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two-time FFPC champion, AB. Alongside him is my guy, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to settle this debate once and for all. Let's talk about the Chargers for a second. Who will finish the season top dog, Keenan Allen or my guy, Mike Williams? Who finishes top dog? Ah, man, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, I think if I had to pick one. Just one. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with Mike Williams And mm. I say that for a couple of different reasons uh, I, can't, I couldn't argue with anyone who wanted to go Keenan Allen I think currently uh, his ADP is higher Although I think mm-hmm. in certain formats uh, It's getting a lot closer You know, particularly in the best ball formats But in redraft, you know, we had You know, this kind of third, fifth round mm-hmm. uh, Order to it and I, see, and I see that gap closing Like Draft by draft, you know, to the point where I'm seeing Mike Williams in the third round. And part of that might be myself <laughs> pushing that uh, ADP up. But uh, the real reason why I think I'm, I'm leaning more Mike Williams is not necessarily because I'm, like, dead set that he's going to outscore, out-target, out-produce Keenan Allen. It's just that I see two different guys who are at different trajectories in their career. Mm. And so for Keenan Allen, I want to be one year early as far as kind of getting off the Keenan Allen train. Mm-hmm. And for Mike Williams, this is the year I finally want to you know jump on. I wasn't a huge Mike Williams, Williams fan last year because I felt like he was uh, more boom bust. And early in the season, you know, it looked like to be a, a bad decision. And then for whatever reason, whether it was injuries, you know, just uh, poor play, defense is catching on, you know, changing the offensive scheme because their defense was, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that, you know, we saw that dip in production. But then towards the back end of the year, last couple of games, he seemed to really pick it up. So I see a player in Mike Williams uh, who, when I went back and watched some of the film, it looked like he was doing a lot more than just running deep routes. Hmm. And that's what I want to see. I want to see a guy who's a true position receiver. I don't think that he's this elite talent, you know, in the way that we think of uh, other potential, you know, uh, superstar or um, or breakout wide receivers that could really take over that, you know, 
top four, top five wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. But I think he has enough athleticism. I think that offense is high-powered enough. And I love the fact that Herbert, you know, um, targeted him so often in the end zone Mm -hmm. uh, and in the red zone. And he wasn't as successful as he likely should have been last year. And I just think that's just something that they can, you know, definitely grow on. Mm -hmm. And I look at this offense. This offense, to me, is not going to change much from a standpoint of how they move the ball. I know they drafted uh, the rookie Spiller, but, uh, you know, and Eckler's not someone you're just going to be running in between the tackles. So I still think that this offense runs through Herbert, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, And I still like Keenan Allen, but – you know, if it's between the two, give me the guy that, you know, is potentially ascending mm-hmm. and could potentially have a breakout year. And he's someone who doesn't need 150, 160 targets to do that. He can have 120, 130 targets and produce like a Jamar Chase uh, where he's, you know, he has a, a large ADOT, you mm-hmm. know, large, you know, uh, you know a significant uh, yardage after the catch when compared to someone like a Keenan Allen who I feel like, you know, even though he's still getting open, uh, that athleticism is starting to, starting to fade. And I think uh, uh, we've seen, you know, a couple people put out some uh, posts on Twitter as far as metrics where, you know, we're seeing a little bit of decline in his overall skill set. Mm. So for me, I, I find myself not really wanting to go after Keenan in the third. Again, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I just think the upside that I'm looking for mm-hmm. in that third-round pick, even though it's a safe, nice floor, and you can win with that, yeah. even though it's a safe, nice floor, I think the upside for me, I think, is limited. Yeah, Dio. Who are you taking? I'm going Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the thing with the Keenan Allen Mike Williams debate right now, I think people when they're looking at Mike Williams, they're projecting him to take this leap, mm-hmm. like they're projecting to to take it to the next level, and they're almost just kind of just saying, like ignoring the the possibility that he can just be who he is, mm-hmm. or he can. And when I say be who he is. We can say what he looked like last year, or yeah. we can really say what he looked like prior to last year where he wasn't really showing as much as those that type of potential, you could say, or or that type of ability or, or output. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was his breakout season, and even still, he wasn't the main guy on the team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I like Mike Williams. I like his... His profile, um, he was a first-round draft pick. I, I want to say he was the number seven overall pick. So mm-hmm. high, high draft capital and all that stuff, and they gave him a very nice contract. But it, at the end of the day, if I was to choose or make a bet as far as who Herbert would trust mm-hmm. in a, 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 a high, like, risky or, or basically a, a, a major needed type position, I feel like he'll go Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is the position guy. He's the, the better route runner. Now, Keenan Allen doesn't have as much of a a deep threat as Mike Williams does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's fine. You know, he's never really had that, but Keenan Allen still always produced. Yeah. I, I've seen the metrics where people talk about, you know, he's kind of look like he's kind of going down in production. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's possible he is getting older, but at the same time, he's always dealt with these little nicks and bruises. Um and, you know, injuries sap production yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, especially uh, over time. Yeah. I, I don't think we could just look at that and say he just isn't good anymore. I feel like he's still good. And I think we're kind of overthinking it a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, it's almost like I feel like people are, are downing Keenan Allen because they want to up Mike Williams. Mike Williams yeah. um, and, you know, you got to make take a stand, choose who you're going to go with. And I'm not going to tell somebody don't take Mike Williams because I can definitely see the path. Um, I just haven't seen it yet. Right, While right. with Keenan Allen, I have seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, he's older, but he's still younger than other receivers. I mean, he's younger than Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably Cooper Cup's age or maybe a year older. So it's not like he's just a, a dead man walking or anything like that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, definitely I want to be in that offense. So, out of the, you know, I definitely want to get a piece of them. And, mm-hmm. again, if I had to choose, it would definitely be Keenan Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, again, like I said, like I, I have no issue with anyone taking Keenan. And for me, it's not necessarily like – Oh, I'm not going to take Keenan uh, in the third round, so I'm going to draft Mike Williams in his, as a replacement. That's not what I'm saying. You know, one reason I have you know quite a few shares of Mike Williams is because he was going in the fifth round. So it was like, do I want a third round Keenan Allen or do I want a fifth round Mike Williams? And to me, the difference there uh, and with the potential upside with the Mike Williams, uh, I, that 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 two-round gap didn't really make sense to me. Uh, I felt like they should be a lot closer, particularly in a large field format where, you know, you need someone to be able to, to really explode for you. And I felt like, again, you know, I'm, I'm worried that Keenan uh, can't get you that upside. So let's stick, let's stay on this topic for a second about who's going to finish top dog. I want to go to Miami for a second. I think everyone sees Tyreek Hill as the person who's going to be finishing as top dog there. He's going, what, front end of the third round, back end of the second sometimes. Mm -hmm. Waddle, who's going to finish top dog there? Are we sure that Tyreek is the guy to own in that Miami offense? You talk about overthinking the situation. To me, I think this is one that we are all overthinking. And I've been overthinking (laughs) it. So anytime like I have I'm having, you know, this battle, this internal battle, I just go back to the basics. Yeah. Number one, I feel like Tyreek Hill is about the alpha the hell out of that situation. Mm. Like I feel like he's gonna be the alpha dog. We've seen his we've seen him. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen him like he's not even on the Kansas City Chiefs and he can't keep Patrick Mahomes' name out of his mouth about not getting enough targets. And dude got over hundred and forty or whatever so targets Mm -hmm. last year. So and you've already seen him like really, you know, uh, talk about Tua as being this amazing quarterback, you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ball thrown his way, extremely accurate. So he's saying all the right things, but they also traded for Tyreek Hill, gave up a lot and they paid him a lot, Mm. made him one of the highest, if not the highest paid wide receiver, uh, you know, in the off, you know, uh, in the league, uh, in history. So the idea that the offensive coordinator and the GM aren't consciously thinking that we want to give up so much and pay so much for this guy only to have him play second fiddle to Waddle. Okay. And I like Waddle. I like Waddle's perspective, but he is not Tyreek Hill, you know, from as far as what he's accomplished, what he's been able to do and what he can do on the field. Could he get there? Potentially, you know, but I just think that there's just so much that they have thrown in our face as far as the trade, the money that they're giving him, and just Tyreek Hill, what he brings to the offense. There's so much they're throwing into our face about him being the number one guy that, you know, again, this is another one where you're seeing Tyreek Hill go at the beginning of the third round and Waddle going at the end of the third round. And to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense because hmm. Tua is, in many cases, you know, in a non-best ball format, going undrafted. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Gasecki is, you know, going as one of these mid-later round tight ends. So, there's a disconnect there that needs to be, like, resolved. So, but, yeah, give me Tyreek Hill. I, I've come to the conclusion that I have no issues drafting Tyreek Hill where he's going currently. But do you guys think that a quarterback like Tua can actually support two receivers 
that that both give you third round value. I do. hundred percent. I do. hundred percent. I do. Uh, uh, and I need do to I? probably start diversifying my shares. I'm just waiting for those Waddle shares to come down a bit. Hmm. Okay. Um, for me, it, I'm I'm not overthinking it at all. It's Tyree Kill for me. Okay. And I've never really second guessed it. A mm-hmm. lot of the points Abby just made are the exact reasons why I'm on Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm a contract guy, and I feel like teams tell you their intentions about how they they allocate their money. And they gave him Tyreek Hill such a big contract. Uh, I really feel like when a team gives a player a very big contract, like a historical contract, they have to basically get their money's worth. You know, they have mm-hmm. to actually prove that the invest the investment was worth it. Um, and with Tyreek Hill, you know, this guy we we called him a human joystick. You know, mm-hmm. he he's one of, he's usually the fastest guy on the field. Um, he can he can make plays in totally different ways he can be a deep threat he can be a guy that you just throw a, a, a hitch to mm-hmm. he can run slants you know he can put you can put him in the backfield you can give him reverses there's so many ways you can actually have him be a playmaker for your team I feel like the Dolphins are going to try to utilize him in all those ways if not more yep. you know it, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do like a wildcat with Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill you know I mean, action. yeah you know yeah. because yeah, he's one of those players just get the ball in his hands and yep. he, he always makes things happen yeah um uh and then the other point that Abby made was just what he's been saying lately. Mm-hmm. He's been talking about the fact that he wasn't getting targets or they weren't using him as enough. But he and, was. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. He was to us. Yeah. But yeah. to him, he wasn't. So it lets you know that what he got that we felt like he should be satisfied with, that's not satisfying him. Be he wants let, more than that. And let it not be mistaken. Mm. Like these dudes are talking, uh, you know, behind closed doors. They were likely talking before the trade. You know, and Miami probably reached out, and the head coach probably reached out, like, you know, tell us what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. why are you trading Tyreek Hill, this amazing wide receiver? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they probably reached out to Tyreek Hill's agent, like, tell us what's going on. What was his issue? What were his gripes with the Chiefs? Because they want to make sure all of, all of that is resolved mm-hmm. so that he is not a headache while he yeah. is there yeah. in Miami. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes a guy is just going to be a guy. Yeah. But that's why I keep going back because, like, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, you keep talking, you don't get fed, right? Yeah, yeah. So, right. and to me, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, to me, like, if you think, if you're looking at a, a, a Tyreek Hill versus a Waddle, a second year player, mm-hmm. who's more likely to be in Tua's ear talking about, oh, like, man, Tyreke you missed easy. me on that, yeah, right. on that post? Like, right. so I, that's what I said. He's just going to alpha his way to, and, and, to number one. And the receiver. fact that he's talking Stats. so much, yeah. mm-hmm. it's almost like he's making himself the face yeah, yeah. of that team or offense, where it's like, when you come play Miami, I'm the guy you have to stop. Right, like yeah. he's almost putting the target on his back, yeah. and that's gonna the target for the other team to to notice, mm-hmm. and also the target for his own team to notice. Like, hey guys, I'm talking so much, I need to back it up. Yeah. Make sure I have the opportunity to back it up. Right. Um, now, the other question you asked as far as whether I think they could both return mm-hmm. third round value, not third I, round, but you said support two wide receivers. Oh. Well, support two, but two because. Waddle is what, like back end of the back third? Back end, third, uh, yeah. early fourth, or somewhere in the fourth. Yeah. One of them is going to outproduce their ADP. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll see. But yeah. I, 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 it's not a hard no for me. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a reluctant no. I don't think he can, but I can see it possibly occurring. What I think the biggest takeaway in all this is, I, I and I, I've said it before, but I think two is severely underrated, mm-hmm. you know, because – even if Tua doesn't have the the best arm, he has weapons everywhere. Mm-hmm. If all, all these weapons are passing options, you have two big receivers, uh, a franchise tag tight end, 
You know, you have a running back that excels in the passing game. So it's not like somebody else is going to throw them the ball. For them to actually succeed in the receiving game, it's going to have to be an extension of a ball coming out of Tua's hands. So if they are successful, then Tua is going to produce, you know, and nobody's drafted him like that. And they improve the offensive line. And they also brought in Cedric, you know, it's Wilson. The, it, like they, and the biggest thing is the coach. They brought they in coach. a coach with this, yeah. this mind, this offensive, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what he did with the 49ers, but for what I've heard, he's a guy that has he's this. big in their run game. Yeah. I think he, he's, a, he's a head coach that I think has had his, like, um, I want to say his hand, but has been involved in multiple aspects well, of yeah. the team. Well, yeah. Everybody you've heard talk because, about yeah. in the past has worked with him, talked about yeah. how bright he is and mm-hmm. the type of – type of uh, schemes that he cooks yeah. up with his mind. And, and you have that type of player coming, his first opportunity. You know, we don't know how long he's been waiting to be a head coach. Yeah, right. But this is his opportunity. He's going to try to show out, you know. And I, I just think with Tua, we're looking at him at his extreme floor, almost lower than his floor, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. Because, okay, we just talked about the Chargers wide receivers. Keenan Allen is going after Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams was almost going after Jalen Waddle for a fair amount of time. It might be a lot closer now. So yeah, yeah, if we're taking close. Herbert where we're taking Herbert – Knowing that he has those weapons, yeah. mm-hmm. why are we not considering taking Tua? I'm not saying as high as Herbert, yeah. but higher than where, like Abby said, he's probably going undrafted in some drafts. Yeah. So I, I think there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll stand by it. I mean, I've been like, I've actually been like over the last few weeks thinking about uh, Tyreek Hill and where he currently is going because I feel like right now his positioning is just a hedge by the entire fantasy community. Mm-hmm. New team, okay. You know, quarterback downgrade. We don't know about the offense. They got Waddle there. Let's just throw him mm. here at the back end of the well, third okay, round. Okay, but if you yeah. say that, who would you who would you consider having him jump over? Mike Evans. It's not who I can. Mike. Yeah, so it's not necessarily who I consider him jumping over. Really I I feel that one of those guys is going to outperform their ADP. Right. Really talking, so I think if I'm looking at the end of the year, who could I see him outperforming? I could see him outperforming. Uh, yes, Mike Evans. Okay. Definitely Debo Samuel's. I could see okay. him outperforming Devontae Adams. I could see him outperforming uh, CeeDee Lamb. As much as I like CeeDee Lamb, I can see him outperforming four of those guys because he's an electric talent. And if you him? put him in an offense where, again, they paid him this amount of money and they gave up this amount of uh, capital to trade for him, hmm. if they really, really want to use this guy, like a year ago, would you, if, if you had to rank Tyree Kill and his athleticism and his natural receiving skills and just as a football player versus Debo, what would you have said? You know, how would you have ranked that? So and I'm not saying that the two aren't close now, but we got to I think we're, we're we're losing sight of how athletic, how great a football player Tyreek Hill is, how much of a cheat code he is. So if things go right, to me, he's a lock to finish in as an easy well, wide receiver. And if okay. they go more than OK. Like he could really smash his ADP. Well, y'all know I'm not on Debo anyway, so that. You know that type of analogy won't work for me, but let's <laughs> let let's look at Diggs. You think he'll? You think there's a possibility he can outperform Diggs? There's a possibility. I, I, at no point in this offseason do I see myself ever taking him over Diggs because I know what Diggs' situation is. Okay. And to me, this is this is one thing I'm going to just say about Diggs real quick. 170 targets, and I think he only and I think he was like 65% catch rate or something like that. You know, something that was well below his his, his career low. Uh, and that's something that could easily be corrected. And he got massive amounts of end zone target. Now, re- end zone target. He got. Ma- he. Le- I think he led the league. So okay. Diggs is a special situation where, like, 
he can outperform Diggs, but just based off of that alone, based off of not much changing with Diggs, I can't. I can never put him ahead of Diggs. So, so then what you're really saying is you feel like his his real value, Tyree Hill, should if 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 all things go well, it should be at the early second. So instead of let's let's say right tier now, wise, it, let's say tier wise, I feel like he should be in the Devontae Adams tier. But you said over Devontae Adams, right? I'm saying I could see him finishing over Devontae okay. Adams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. let me add another one to this. Let's talk about Devontae Adams for a second. And in a tight end premium league, who do you think finishes top dog, Devontae Adams or Darren Waller? Adams. Oh, yeah, that's not close. Adams. Yeah, I Adams. think Hunter Renfro will probably finish over Waller. Ooh, I, I'm low on Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I think he may finish over Waller. I'm low. I, I think Waller is next, number two. Yeah. I think Renfro is going to take a big dip. Even with the chemistry of being in that system, I think a, yeah, I think yeah, I, I'm buying into the system. I'm buying into what slot receivers have done. I'm buying into the chemistry, mm. and I'm buying into Renfro being wait, actually what, what really good. What system are y'all talking about? They have a totally new coaching staff. That's like, what I'm saying. That coaching yeah, staff, but that but coaching staff that that rapport rapport has, like, had slot receivers that have killed. No, he what I'm saying is, you're saying he's used to the system. He's not used to the system because he never played in the system. I'm saying I like the system for him. Okay, I yeah, mean, but that, like, system, like that system that system has also produced tight ends as well. Yeah, but that mm-hmm. system more targets the slot receivers. Their tight ends that have produced have been produced because they've had amazing yak and they've had you know you know I think you know and it was Gronk essentially. Darren Waller it wasn't, it had, wasn't like they were always heavily targeted. Darren Waller has Darren lived Waller, off targets. Darren Waller also has he has the rapport with I think he has a more of a rapport with Carr than Renfro. And Darren mm-hmm. Waller Darren Waller also has the talent profile to get those targets and have a lot of yak. And again, that system with the with the Patriots has produced high end tight ends. Uh, I, I with Renfro, Renfro really kind of came came through a lot last year. I think a lot of that came when Waller was out. Cause remember, Waller was out for a good amount of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Immediately when Waller came back, he immediately became the top target guy over Renfro for the Raiders, and that was like game one. Oh, the, the, the okay. So going back to Devontae Adams again, it kind of goes to what we were saying with Tyreek Hill. The, the way they paid him. I want to say, is Adams the number one paid wide receiver right now? I think he is. Or think, he, no, he's number two. Okay. I think his deal came Who's before uh, Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek is number one? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I say well, regardless, they, get, they gave him that type of bag where it's like, you know, we can't not use you. Like, we, it, we have to justify giving you all this money. And again, he has the... I'm not saying the rapport as far as recent rapport, but he went to college with Carr. Like, that was yeah. Carr's wide receiver in college. That's so, significant. And, you know, I, I saw a report that said Adams and Carr were talking about teaming up a year ago. Like, yeah. it's not even, like, something they recently. We talked about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. not even something they recently were just, like, on, on a limb, like, hey, you know, or on a whim, like, hey, let's just get together. But they actually consider this in the past. They're close. And, and, and you, you can – when you hear Adams talk about leaving the package, you can see it's something he thought long and hard, hard about. You yeah. know, it's not easy to just say, "Hey, I'm going to leave." Uh, arguably, the the best quarterback in the league right now, who's yeah. who's actually yeah. provided me all these stats. Make I don't want to say made me look great, but we've had this type of relationship that has made both of us look awesome. Yeah. You know, I think he he caught his record breaking uh, touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. So you know they have mm-hmm. that you know they have that bond. And he still is just like, I'm going to go to the Raiders. Yeah. Um, so that's why, for me, Adams is easily, not, no question, the number one guy there. Oh, yeah. As far, as far as Waller is concerned, I think last year, because he was gone so long, we forgot how dominant Waller can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Waller came into the league as a wide receiver with the Ravens. You know, he converted to tight end. So he has that wide receiver skill set. He still has the speed. He still has the 
the almost a slender build, mm-hmm. um, and he's worked on his blocking. So now he's able to stay on the field a lot longer. Um, now that he's healthy, mm-hmm. especially if he gets this contract. Well, uh, okay, so if he doesn't get paid, he's almost going to be playing for a contract. So that's actually a plus for him a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But if he does get paid, and he, if he gets paid the way he he thinks he should get paid then it's almost going to be the same situation where it's like, if we're going to give you this money, we have to justify it by actually utilizing you. Mm. That's just how I kind of see the situation. Again, I feel, I feel I, like if he if he doesn't get paid, they're kind of telling you that okay, look, maybe we're moving away from. Well, no, no, he has two years in. left on his contract, I believe. Okay, so he mm-hmm. he he wants to get that security. Yeah, you know, which all these players right now, honestly, they're all doing. Yeah. T Mac did it. DK is doing it. Debo yeah. is do, doing it to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Um, these guys just want. Yeah. And, and if you look at Waller's contract, he's going to play. He's getting paid like a fraction of what other tight ends are getting paid. Like yeah. a fraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just wants to just get his yeah. worth to some yeah. extent. I don't even know if he wants to be the highest paid tight end. He just wants to be appreciated by his salary, you know, yeah. and he's not getting that. So, I'm, yeah, I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not drafting Hunter Renfro over Waller if, if, in a vacuum. I'm going to draft Waller. But I would not be surprised at all if Hunter Renfro outscored Darren Waller. Again, and again, in a tight end premium? In a tight end premium. Again, this is a new really? offense. Yeah, again, this is a new offense. I think Hunter Renfro, if you, you watch the tape, and specifically his, like, red zone tape, you know, when he's targeted around the goal line, like, he, they have that Cup-Stafford uh, connection. Like, uh, his, route, his route combination, you know, his skill level, and being able to just get open at the goal line, I think is something that's very, very impressive. I think it's something that fits what Carr – likes to do he likes to throw to open guys as opposed to throwing like contested balls right and, well, I, and I have no issue again with you know drafting Waller I don't like where he's going personally but saying that Waller will outscore Renfro but I think I think it's closer than you know right but, but I think, think that that goal line him being a, a goal line you know target monster last year was a direct correlation to Waller being out I, I really I really do mm. think that because those mm. games where he was really producing you know, there was no other options on the offense, really. I mean, what, Brian Edwards, maybe? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Brian Edwards their top receiver for a long time? Yeah, but that, mm-hmm. man, that, that says something, that he was still able to dominate in that, in that type of uh, environment. Well, I mean, you got to throw the ball to somebody. <laughs> well, you say that, but he was the one that they threw it to. Right, like, but you, that's I what I'm saying. You who, earned targets. Who, who else could they have thrown it to, though? You earned targets. Like, I think even when, even when uh, Waller came back, I don't think he was necessarily balling out. Waller, the first game back, he got a good target share. Like, I think he out-targeted Renfro. And we can look it up, but I, I, I remember watching that game because I was high on Waller. I had Waller on a lot of dynasty teams. And from day, I mean, that first game back, he was being used. Oh, uh, Now, I'll, I'll say this. If they're in the red zone, and now, I mean, obviously Renfro's there, but now Waller's yeah. back healthy, and now they got Adams. Mm-hmm. Who was the guy getting the, the, the target, mm-hmm. if you were to bet? Oh, it's got to be Adams most. Right, but it'll be spread around. He's not gonna get all of them. Of course, yeah. nobody gets all of them. But you know, I would Renfro's think Renfro's going in the eighth, ninth round, right there. Or sorry, the eighth right. round. Right. I mean, we're not, I mean, the question is yeah. not about value ADP. If, if we're talking about value ADP, I mean, I don't even really know where Waller's going. What fourth, fifth, third in the FFPC? Third. Yeah, yeah, third. In the third round. Oh, third round. I mean, I, I'm not taking the tight end that early, right there. Anyways, um, so I'm probably gonna skip on Waller. But just as far as just. The pecking order, mm-hmm, I think yeah. Waller's number two. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Waller's number one. Because mm-hmm. if the, the, if that offense is utilized where, you know, because now when you have Adams, it's going to take 
is going to take uh, attention away mm-hmm. or it's going to put attention on Adams. Mm-hmm. They might double team this guy. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Renfro, who everybody knows, look, he got this crazy type of footwork with his route running. We got to watch him. Waller might be the guy that's just like, hey, I'm the big uh, target. That, that, See me. That, I think, is a very, very low chance. But, but how is that a low chance? If we've seen it's, in the past, Waller has been so the, the main argue, guy. The argument that this guy is going to take all the attention of the defense and double team and then open someone up, to some degree, yes. But that number one still eats. That number one is the number one for a reason, and that number one always still ends up. I didn't say, we, could, we could say that. So let's look. Let, let's look at you know him with uh, Aaron Rodgers. We could have said that like you know some. They didn't have a Waller type players. player with 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 Packers. Maverick, they had nobody. That, that was the big no. issue with the Packers. Mm-hmm. They literally had no other option other than Adams. But what I'm saying is, double team and Adams apparently did not do them any good. So, they, but 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 they so didn't why have, would a team? So if a team knows that like okay, they have better weapons. Why would why is double team and Adams going to make? Even but but they didn't have any other weapons to the caliber of Waller. Waller Waller has actually done it in the league and been a, a top. Two, three, I know tight what I'm saying. So instead of you could you could double team, you could triple team, you can roll over coverage. If Adams is the only one that you're concerned about, and yet he was still able to get 160 plus targets. No, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Adams can't get still balled out. I'm not saying Adams can't ball out. I never said Adams can't ball I know, out. But I'm just saying the idea. Uh, what that I, what I'm saying is our target to me is highly unrealistic. What I'm saying is that if Adams is going to take a lot of attention away, then it's not crazy to consider the fact that Waller who has been their main guy in the past so it's not like he hasn't done it yeah. but Waller now has less attention than what he's had in the past they could easily Carr has this rapport with him Carr can easily say hey I know Adams is there when I need him I got him but Waller is right there a great tight end somebody I've used quite a bit who I know can produce in all facets of the game yeah. I'm just saying it's not crazy to, to consider him potentially or possibly being that guy, I think. Now is. I'm not. But, gonna, <laughs> but hey, I mean, they could all eat. They could all eat. They really right, could all eat. Right. They're in a great division. We keep we keep bringing it up like that division. As far as like you know having shootouts, having these high point totals, they could literally all eat. They could just all like literally almost all like eighty five percent of the targets could go to Waller, Renfo, and Adams, See, and they could but, all like you know really do well. So. Here's the thing: it's a narrow rock. I mean, it's a narrow wide receiver room or yeah. a narrow receiving room. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Outside of those three, who else do they have? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. maybe I need to look into it more because they have to have somebody else because if Renfro's gonna be the slot and Adam's gonna be the outside receiver, who's the other outside receiver? So there's some talk about just Renfro just staying on the field. I don't know how that would work, but, but who's the talk- but who's the other outside receiver? Or are you saying Renfro's going to the outside? Oh, uh they brought over uh what's the guy from uh the Chiefs? Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, they They're saying he's Robinson. like fifth, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth string okay, right I now. I don't, I don't know who else. They That's got. the thing. We don't even know who the other mm-hmm. guy is. So yeah. it might be a, a situation almost like how we see the Vikings. Like, hey, you know, everybody can produce. Yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So, by the way, for the record, Tyreek Hill has the highest uh, paid contract in the league. Devontae is second. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins is third, though. A close yeah. third. So. Let's let's move on to running backs for a second. Let's talk about the Ravens. How are you guys handling this Ravens backfield? Are you drafting Dobbins? Do you think Gus kind of cuts into, um, you know, like the carries? Like, yeah. how are you guys handling this Ravens backfield? Man, I'm I'm personally just like avoiding, and and I never want to be in a situation where I just avoid. And so, me just saying I'm avoiding means currently I don't know mm-hmm. and I need to figure it out quickly because if I wait till everyone else figures it out you kind of lose that advantage so probably the best thing right now is like going for like the cheaper shares of 
Gus Edwards or Tyler Batty. I've seen enough of Mike Davis. I mean, <laughs> I, and I understand, like, he could potentially be the lead dog, but I've just seen enough where I'm like, yeah. I'm not there. Uh, we saw what happened last year when they were bringing in running backs, and, you know, it was spotty production. It was very hard to figure out. Uh, but for me, I think I had started off the uh, off season thinking, oh, Dobbins in the fifth round, this is great value. And then, you know, start to think back to last year and years prior of these running backs specifically coming off of ACLs uh, and then hearing that his was a little bit more complicated in the LCL, you know, you know go ahead and check out uh, Carlos's injury uh, video. He definitely covers uh, yeah. those injuries. Uh, it's a little bit more concerning as far as, you know, or a little bit uh, not as straightforward as having an isolated ACL repair. You know, we just know, like, a doctor is not going to clear someone until X period of time. So, like, you can't even start actual training until X period of time. And then once you start that training, it still takes some time to ramp up. And, yes, everybody is different, okay? Uh, but outside of, you know, really one Adrian Peterson, I think backs, it takes them a while to sort of kind of get acclimated. Add into the fact that we've never seen a running back just completely dominate that running back backfield. We've never seen running backs really command a significant target share. So there's a lot of things that have to add up for, like, someone like a Dobbins to really – uh, I think, you know, pay off his ADP. Someone like you're going to spend, you know, fourth to fifth round draft capital on, and then mm-hmm. you may have to wait or you may have to throw him in a lineup only to get spotty production and sit there and have to just kind of wait. And you also have to worry about the re-injury risk. There's just a lot there. There's enough there where I'm wishing and hoping for this to happen and this to happen and that this falls in place yeah. for him to really kind of exceed value. So, I'm staying away. Uh, I've started picking up a few shares of Gus Edwards. I, I think I've heard that his ACL is uh, a little bit less complicated and then, uh, you know, may throw in some baddie shares kind of here or there. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to get on Mike Davis. But, this, I'm, I'm, you know, when it comes to training camp, this is one I'm just going to be, like, listening closely. You know, when are these guys starting to practice? When are they coming off the pup? If they're not – practicing when training camp comes around, you know, uh, man, that's, that's tough for a running back. So. Yeah. Um, again, it's easy for me. It's Gus Edwards. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Dobbins, everything we've heard has been negative as yeah. far as his comeback. I mean, they're talking about he's not ready. He, but knows. he, said, he said he's been ghost for a reason. You didn't see his – his, his no, I don't care about. I don't care about. He stuff said. He like said that. I've been ghost for him yeah. for a reason. That's <laughs> Devil emoji. Punch. The reason he's he's still injured. But anyways, so they're talking about you know it's complicated as far as he might not be ready for the beginning of tra- training camp or he might not be ready for the beginning of the season. Uh, and then he's coming off ACL. You know, Gus Edwards is too. But we haven't heard anything bad about Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards might take a little while to ramp up as well. But if you're asking out of the options, it is Gus for me in that backfield. The number one option. The second option is easily Tyler Beatty. It's not even close. Mm. Uh, is it Beatty or Batty? Beatty. Batty. <laughs> I like Batty. I'm going to say Beatty. I'm going to say Beatty. But I, no, no, I think Beatty is going to, day one, be their pass catching back. And I think he's going to be used, utilized a fair amount. And my hot take, honestly, is Beatty is a better option than Damian Pierce mm. as far as a, a draft choice. And I, but what and is I, a pass really, option back for the Ravens been? Like, like what does that produce I mean, in the past? We could say it's a chicken and the egg thing. We could say, you know, they haven't utilized the pass catching back well, so it doesn't have much value. Or we could say they haven't had somebody good enough to be utilized. And I think I it's mean, the latter with Beatty. I, I think he's the type of player. And, and to be honest with you, 
it wouldn't even be surprised me if he actually takes on more of a workload in their backfield than we actually initially think now. Again, we're talking about two the top running backs that are coming off ACL. We don't know when they're going to come back. They're, neither of them are practicing right now, so they're not getting the reps. You have Mike Davis, who's the 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 new uh, guy that came in, who's a veteran who has been utilized as a running back, but we've seen his ceiling. We know Mike. Da- we know what Mike Davis can give us. We know he's not really flashy. He doesn't have really the burners. His pass catching skills are, you know, they're okay. They're fair, but it's not anything that's going to scare you. If they see Beatty actually proving that he actually is valuable and they can use him, I mean, how many running backs do we see them carrying on the on the roster? Are they going to carry four or three? If they say we won't only want to carry three and they feel like Dobbins and Gus, unless they put one of them on PUP, which means they're not going to count against the roster. But if they feel like they're going to come back soon, then what's to say they might say, you know what, Mike Davis, we brought you in in the middle of the offseason. We feel like your your skill set is redundant to what we already have. Uh, you know, we'll kind of roll with the young guy. They carried they carried four in the past. Um, no, I mean I'm not saying what they're going. I'm just saying if they decide they just want to carry yeah. three, like if they say you know what this yeah. time, or or if they see because Mike Davis is not going to give you anything in yeah. special teams, or if they say you know what yeah. Mike Davis, you're literally yeah. only a running back and you're going to be our third string guy. Yeah. Let's actually keep a guy like a Justice Hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually can help us on in, in the special teams. My thing with Beatty though is you need you need Gus Edwards or Dobbins to have a setback. Or else you're rostering a guy that's going to end up being a third. No, no, no. Now, the thing with Beatty, though, see, I'm not concerned with that because the thing with Beatty is he's being drafted so late, if drafted at all. Like, yeah. this is not a guy you're drafting yeah. in the 10th, 11th, or 12th. Like, mm-hmm. you literally can draft this guy in the 18th, 19th, 20th so you round. Said, okay, mm-hmm. so the comments on Damian Pierce are more ADP If I was related. looking at him in a vacuum. No, it's not ADP related at all. I was looking in a vacuum. Like, I'm not drafting any Damian Pierce. I think oh, he's that's going crazy. Way, in a vacuum? That's crazy. I think he's that's going crazy. way, way, way that too is, high. That's crazy. Way, way. Because Damian crazy. Pierce, to me, he's honestly in the same boat, third mm-hmm. or fourth string right now, as far as Beatty. Yeah, and but you and Damian P- Pierce does not have the pass-catching skills to me those, that a Beatty has. I think those are two very different situations. One, you say he's third or fourth string. Uh, there are certain players, you know, right now he's third string because they're just starting off, right? Uh, Burkhead is 33. Burkhead is not someone who's, who they want to give 15 to 20 touches to a game. That's just not happening. That, that, that's, that's not happening. So really all he's got to do at some point is beat out a Marlon Mack, okay? And you can argue who's better, who's not. To me, it's clear that it's Pierce. Uh, but that's really all he has to do. And it's his own team that likely is not going to be a playoff team. I, so to me, there's an there's a avenue. Is it going to be day one Damian Pierce? No. You don't, you don't draft Damian Pierce thinking that you got a starter day one. But could, like, you know, five, six games into the season, could start his, work, his workload start increasing and he take over that? To me, the route to him getting number one touches is a lot clearer than I, Batty without needing I think, any injury. I think an extreme misconception with the Texans' backfield is it's only Marlon Mack and Rex Burkett first off. They literally have like five or six running backs there. They have guys they brought back from last year. They have guys they like a lot. Yeah. Dari Agumbole, they, they got I Royce mean, we Freeman. We say that for a lot of teams, though. But, but what I'm saying is it, it's not just two guys he has to beat. It's really – You can he, say that for a lot of teams. No, At no, some no, point, well, you got to say but, what but, the but, talent but, is. But, I've seen Royce I know, but, but we're talking about – I've seen Dari Agumbole. I'm not worried but, about but those we're guys. But we're talking about just Pierce. Pierce, he's competing against more than just two guys. And the two guys you brought up, the Texans like Marlon Mack. They're going to use Marlon Mack. They're, they're most likely going to start Marlon Mack. I 100% we, agree. We, whether whether – I said it's more, most likely. I'm not saying it's a, it's a for sure thing. But 
Whether he's going to be going to produce, whether he's going to produce or not is to be seen. Whether he's going to stay healthy or not is going to be seen. But I feel like if both those things do occur, Marlon Mack is going to hold on to their job. You say Rex Burkhead, they don't want to give him all those carries, but they actually did give him all those carries last year in a spot duty. That was like one or two games. But but, 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 but what I'm saying, but, but what I'm saying is they've done it. And then they they have the, not done it. That that, that is, that what is I'm not saying the is case. They, but they did it last year. Is the they point did it of, one game when they had to. But, but that's they, not the but case. But they did it. That's all I'm saying. They, is they didn't did. give it. But they, that's one game. You, you're saying that they did it. They did not. What I'm talking about is giving but, someone but, but, that but, but did they the do it over the course of but, a season. But did they, no, they did listen, not do it. Listen, they did not do it. What I'm saying. <laughs> but you just said they did it for a game. So they did do it. Is the point I'm making? I'm saying. Over the course of but, a but, season, but, I, but I'm not talking about that. All I'm saying is they've they've done it. They've given him a I, full that I workload. Don't agree with. That I don't agree with. So you don't say for one no. for a game they gave no, him a full that workload. I don't, no, that the I game against the Chargers, he didn't get a full workload. I don't. He got one game. I'm talking about for. But, a full but I'm season. saying, but I'm not. I'm talking about for a full. But season. I'm not debating whether he's done it for a season. That's what you're saying. What I'm saying is he's done it, and because he's done it, it shows that he has had the capability to actually have a full workload type game. And he is uh, Rex Burkett is the. I think the, you're overthinking that one. It's not. It's not an overthinking. You're worried about Rex Burkhead. I didn't say. Over I didn't say I was worried about Rex Burkhead either. You're, you're putting words in my mouth. I'm saying All the I'm, probability of that to be, even bring that into the equation, the, the likelihood of Rex Burkhead being the lead back. I never said. The but I never said that so either. So low that we you're, shouldn't you're, be talking about put, that. You're as an putting option. words in my mouth. I never said any of that stuff. I'm just talking about the options they have in the backfield. Rex Burkett also was the first free agent the Texans signed. Like immediately after the season, they immediately said, "We want you back," and they gave him a two-year contract. Now. These are all guys that Damian Pierce is going to have to compete against to get that job. Damian Pierce is a rookie, just like Beatty. They were both drafted in the same round. The guys Beatty has to compete against, two of the guys are not even practicing right now. Like, he's literally competing against Mike Davis, who the team just brought in literally a month ago. Yeah, but if you're the, saying that as if they're like not – that's what I'm saying. He needs one of those guys to be injured and have a setback because – if their timeline is that they're going to be back within the first couple, no, no, no. you know, by season, you know, by, I, by I, start I, of season, I get, I get or what a you're saying. Weeks. I get what you're saying, but here I'm, I'm looking at Damian Pierce with guys above him that are healthy, and Beatty right now with guys above him that are not healthy. When they come back, yeah, then it's going to be almost a similar situation where they're got both. How's behind. a similar situation? You have Gus Edwards and J.K. You're not Thomas even letting me get my point Mar- across. Versus Marlon Mack and Rex Burkett, well, those are not the same yeah, situation. But you're not letting me get my. My okay. point across. My point is they still have guys ahead of them right now in the pecking order. But the difference with Beatty is right now when the Ravens practice, the guys ahead of them are not practicing. So when the reps are actually being allocated, Beatty is getting those reps. While Pierce is actually having to have Marlon Mack go on the field first to get those first reps. Then probably Rex Burkett. Then probably Daria Gumbawale. Then it's probably Rex Freeman. And then Pierce is eventually going to get snaps here and there. So all I'm saying is right now, if you had to choose as far as who is actually getting the coach to see what they can do, and again, as far as skill set, Beatty is the is the more talented receiving back compared to Pierce. And we all know in with running backs, receiving or those targets are extremely valuable. Pierce is not gonna have that type of skill set. They might throw it to him. I'm not saying they won't. But if I but 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 if I was to compare the two, Beatty easily for me is the receiving back. And again, this is my I don't want to say it's a hot take. I can't I don't want to say it's a hot take because for me it's not hot to me. It's just that's just how I see it. Yeah. But I am going to call it a hot take because the community values Pierce so high. All right. So I didn't think that that question was going to start a fight that was going to last that long. And I hate to ask this question, but 
Let's do the same thing with the Raiders. <laughs> it's Josh Jacobs. He's going in what mid to late fifth round. Um, like, do we kind of see him as the number one back who's not going to have, you know, like his touches, you know, you know, post as well? Like, how do we sort of see that Raiders backfield? Yeah, I don't think we're going to fight as much as on this one. <laughs> hey, not not a fight, spirit to debate. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think I think Jacobs. I think it's likely that his poaches get somewhat. Or his uh, touches get somewhat poached. Uh, but, um, you know, where he's going, he's just it, – it's it's more – it's not so much a knock against Jacobs that, like, I don't want to draft him at the fifth to six, in the fifth and sixth round because I don't feel like he's going to, like, produce. It's more so the players that are going in and around him. Like, there are so many players that are drafted where he's going that I would rather have than Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is actually a great player. I think the idea of them like, you know, not, you know, signing him up for next year and rolling with the rookie next year, mm-hmm. to me, like, I, I don't see it. Like, I, you know, and I know a lot of people are, are high on Zimmer White, but I feel like, you know, I don't, if it doesn't cost too much, I would just, you know, retain Josh Jacobs. As long as you're like, you have a compliment to him, I think Josh Jacobs could be highly effective. He's a very, very good running back, and he can do a lot out of the backfield as well. But, you can, you know, we can look at the coaching scheme that's coming in, okay, and see that he's used multiple backs, including having a pass catch, catching a specialist. He brought over uh, what's the guy's name from uh, the Patriots, uh, Brandon Bolden. He brought him over mm. uh, from the Patriots, and he's older, okay, but he did bring him older. Uh, I don't know what Kenyon Drake Drake's uh, deal is right now. I've never been a Kenyon Drake guy, but mm-hmm. you know, people think he's a pass catching back, so you know. I could definitely see this, you know, as being, uh, I want to say, a three-headed monster. I think, you know, Jacobs will lead that uh, uh, RBBC. But, I, I, you know, this is not necessarily just like two RBs who can do the same thing, you know, kind of going, you know, playing off of one another, you know, 1A, 1B type situation. This is like RBs having specific role. And when your specific role is not defined as like the pass catching back or the two-minute back, to me, that is not somebody that I really want to be looking at drafting in the fifth round unless you are getting a lot of the touches, unless you're like in a run-heavy offense that's very efficient. Like, I think he goes like around Elijah Mitchell. Like, mm-hmm. I know the concerns with Elijah Mitchell, but give me Elijah Mitchell 100 times out of 100 over a Josh Jacobs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I'm avoiding all the Raiders. They um, – I, I, it just feels like a, a big committee. Mm-hmm. With a lot of different guys, and I feel like they're not ashamed to to basically admit it. Uh, yeah, they brought in Brandon Bolden, but they also brought in Amir Abdullah, who ha- actually produced last year for the Panthers mm-hmm. to go for Chuba Hubbard. Um, they didn't um, they didn't uh, accept or whatever you call it the fifth year option on on Josh Jacobs, yeah, which is kind of big news when that first occurred. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the the re- regime is basically saying, yeah. We're not. You're not our guy. Uh, we are not really impressed by you. So we'll let you do this year, and then you're out the door. And you know, you can look at it multiple ways. You can say, you know, they might say, well, since we know we're not going to have you next year, we can run you into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can say, you know what, we're going to use our guys. Zamir White was drafted in the fourth round. Now, Zamir White is not really much of a cast, uh, pass catching running back. He's more of a grinder. I'm not really even a, a Zamir White fan. Um, he's had some major injuries <laughs> yeah. that I feel like is kind of. 
sapped away a little bit of his explosiveness. Uh, but they still, from everything you heard from the moment they drafted him, they're high on Zamir, yep. and they 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 sound like they, he they want him to be the future at the running back position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all these things, all this smoke yeah. coming out of the Raiders, I'm not going to invest capital in a guy like Josh Jacobs so high. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'll be extremely surprised if Josh Jacobs actually ends up having a good year, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised at all mm-hmm. if he ends up being a bum. Yeah. And then I'll look back after the season and be like, I should have saw this coming because literally all the signs were there. Uh, as far as which one I'm drafting, I'm not drafting any Raiders. Hmm. I don't really feel like any of them are really going to bring you value. It's almost like it's going to be how we used to view the Patriots exactly. with the yeah. running back. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. you don't know who to start. You don't know whose game is going to be. Everybody's getting touches. Somebody's going to have a good game out of them, but it's going to be hard for you to – to pinpoint who it's going to be. Yeah, you shouldn't like if you're dra- you shouldn't be drafting Josh Jacobs in the fifth round when you can draft Damian Harris in the ninth and tenth round. Mm-hmm. I hate that analogy, but like that one, that's like to me one that like fits it perfectly. Yeah, because like really, for I think what you need for Josh Jacobs to succeed is to be like extremely efficient when it comes to scoring TDs, mm-hmm. like Damian Harris did last year, and. I don't really put like I don't think like them drafting Zamir White or him, you know them not picking up his fifth year option really makes much of a difference at all because I think it's just like I think he thinks like Belichick or he think you know he's kind of bringing over that Patriot way and what people in the NFL are saying is like don't pay running backs yeah. you know use them and then just draft them mm-hmm. like they really feel like our system like any running back can can work in this system so like yeah. you said like. I lean more towards, okay, we can run him into the ground, but even running him into the ground is not necessarily giving him, you know, all the valuable touches that we want in fantasy outside of hopefully, you know, maybe some of the goal line. So he's someone whose ADP, you know, needs to come down before I even, like, look at having a share. All right. So do we want to talk about any other running back backfields? Because I want to ask a very controversial question, but before I ask it, I want to make sure that you guys don't want to talk about anything else. Well, as far as backfields, I do think people need to start looking a little deeper into the Miami Dolphins backfield. Uh, I feel like all those guys I are undervalued. I feel like all those guys are undervalued. They're, I think they all have value. Maybe not so much Mostert because Mostert might be one of those change of pace, come in, you know, spell the running backs. But I feel like Chase has value, a lot of value. and He's going so, so late. I feel like Sony Michelle has value. Just because they have so many bats. I don't know. That, I feel like Mostert got – I feel like I'd probably rather have Mostert than Michelle because I feel like mm-hmm. if Mostert is actually healthy, like, you know, he, he'll have a lot more juice than Michelle. Like, yeah, but Sony Michelle is profiled more as an every-down running back out of, yeah. out of all of them. Grinder. Sony Michelle, he's, he's done it, you know, and, you know, they, they signed him, you know – To, like, the minimum. Right, I'm just saying they sign him almost like they like they had their running back set, and they really mm-hmm. still feel like, hey, we need to go get Sony Michelle. So it's almost like if they're going to bring him in, they have a role set for him. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's just how I view it. And again, he's going so late. I, I, I'm yeah. I'm happy taking stabs on all of them because again, yeah. that offense might be offense that that produces a lot more than people expect right now, um, and you can get all of them late. Like you can get Sony around the same time you get uh, Marlon Mack, and mm-hmm. when it comes to, I'm going to probably take Sony. You know, regardless of who the starter is now, as far as having that role, I like I, Chase Edmonds has been hurt. You know, Mostert's been hurt. Mm-hmm. If they both get hurt, who's the guy? He's yeah. going to be Sony. You know, so uh, I, I, I just like that. So I think the Dolphins is a, is a team that people are just kind of ignoring on. I think he like Pierce Ford and he want to let off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, Pierce? I have, I have zero Pierce. I'm not going to draft any Pierce this year. Like, not one shit. Down at him. 
Man, wait, right. I can't wait till he scores for a touchdown. You <laughs> <laughs> have one carry for one yard in a TD. <laughs> I told you. All right. If yeah. we get one question asked of us through Twitter, it is draft strategy. So if you had one strategy to choose. Nobody's ever asked me that question. Like it comes through our DMs all the time. <laughs> if you have one draft strategy, just one, let's say that it's a main event team, you only have one main event team, do you go zero RB, hero RB, or robust RB? What do you do? That's doing? a bad question for me. What do you do? I let drafts come to me. He said you have one choice. You got one <laughs> choice. But, but, but the thing, he's saying is if I'm going to the draft saying this is what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the draft seeing see how the board starts off. If it starts off where I end up getting these great high-end wide receivers initially, then I might end up turning into a hero running back if it's, or what, zero running back. Okay, so what – you've done a couple of drafts. What approach have you taken All of most? them. All of them. What's been your most – I can honestly like, say it's been even. Okay. You don't find if yourself you falling – yeah. Gun to your head. I can honestly, like I'm telling you, I'm the telling truth. you, literally, gun to your head. Somebody said you got to pick one approach that you. Okay, what approach do you do you think gun to your head would likely take it down this year? Like if, if you could just do, you again, you you can pick one approach. Just answer the question, man. Y'all got to what shoot approach? Me. <laughs> Y'all got to blast my head. Come on, come on. Okay, I Y'all give you a approach, but, it, but, yeah, but, I, but I don't honestly feel. Sh- Strongly about it, so I can just say something. Yeah, but just in say reality, something. but in reality, I, I, I think the same. Listen, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. In, in reality, I see, like, oh, man. like, this, this, no, this seriously, right I let the draft come to me because what man, happened? Don't ever go into politics. Right, you know, no, you need to go into politics. <laughs> <laughs> no, because y'all, y'all, y'all are making the assumption that I have a, a strong stance on one. When I'm trying to tell y'all, not, I don't have a strong stance on any of them. One. We're saying pick one. Pick one. Like, I can, what okay, you, can I argue all of them? Then I can argue all of them. Argue one. One. You get one. You get one. I'm not answering the question there. Why don't y'all answer the question? We are going to answer the question. And I told you my answer. Y'all don't like it. You didn't it. give us an answer. I told you it. all of he them are viable. Vi- he said you can pick you one. You can pick one. So you but can pick all one. Choose one. All of them are viable it's to me. It's A, B, C, D. All of them are viable If you think that one strategy is going to be successful, the winner chose a strategy. Which one do you think the winner like used for the winning team? Just pick one. No. Because, <laughs> no. again, they're all viable. Again, you want me to argue all of them? I can't. If you want me to pick one, I can't. What do you think because is more Because they're, li- they're all cool to me. They're all cool to me. What do you think is more likely to take it down this year? Uh, for me, I think this may be a zero RB year. Mm. Uh, and I, I say that because I think there's a couple different ways you can, like, approach zero RB. Uh, you know, you can – you know, go all wide receivers and maybe a high-end quarterback. You can go all wide receivers and get you a high-end tight end, you know, in one of those first few rounds. Uh, and when I say zero RB, you know, I would say, you know, you're not drafting your running back until, let's just say, the fifth round. You know, let's put it at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason that I say it that it's that this year is because I feel like there are a lot of running backs that are getting pushed down the board. Mm-hmm. And that's just a position like, you know, when you talk to people, you know, zero RB zealots, you know, one of the reasons they're high on it, Uh, on that approach is because of the high turnover rate so because now we have a lot more viable rbs being pushed down to those mid to later rounds i think that approach could be a little bit more successful especially if you're able to lock in on four wide receiver ones and then really hit on those rbs but the difference between last year 
or previous years versus this year is that you have multiple opportunities to try and hit on some of those RBs. I mean, there was a point where Zeke was going, you know, in the fifth round. You obviously have Antonio Gibson, which everyone's low on, but we've talked mm-hmm. about his, uh, you know, uh, outcomes, range of outcomes. You, you have, you know, players like Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and then you have obviously all the uh, handcuff and you, so the ambiguous backfields that we talked about. We talked about the Texans backfield, mm-hmm. Cardinals backfield, and there's just a lot, a list of others. And that's not even counting or starting to bring in, you know, the idea of, like, players who undergo injury. So, so, so if, if you're going to say zero running back, yeah. what if those running backs that you're saying are pushed down so late, what if they start increasing ADP? What do you mean? Like, those guys that you say you can get in, like, the sixth, seventh, eighth round, what if they start ending up being fourth, fifth, sixth rounders? Do you still I say – I don't see that happening. Okay, but what if that happens? Would you, would you still say zero running run back is the option, or you then will you then adjust your strategy? I would adjust, but we, he asked me the question now, and it's January 28th. So, so you're saying yeah. then it depends on how the board falls then? I'm saying right now I'm choosing right, zero but, RB. But, but, but it, it, the question was yeah, at the course, moment, the question was what strategy is going to win this we, year, we, right? We, we've yeah. had so, draft strategy. So we just saying that. We From just, your perspective right now. Right, right. Give, but, but I'm, I mean, giving, I'm get, giving the advantage. But what I'm asking is what I'm asking approach. if those running backs yeah. increase the ADP, are you not saying, well, I'm still gonna still do what I'm saying I'm gonna do? It's just that I'm gonna find other running of backs. Not. Or are you just gonna say this strategy is no longer I'm viable? Fluid. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay fluid. Okay. Like water. So then to some extent that <laughs> to <laughs> some extent that you're saying you're letting the draft come to you. You know, because if the if the ADP's change, then those running backs that you're uh, we always let the draft come to us. There's no, there's, we do not, uh, we do not that's, like that's align ourselves. I, I know, but he, the question was, you know, pick eight, like pick one. Okay, which which one have you done the most? Honestly, the one that I probably have done the most is still gone. Like robust RB. Yeah. I like the RBs early. Uh, so like he said his answer was zero running back, but now he's saying the one he, he did didn't the say most. which one have I done the most. Most, yeah. He said which he one say. do I think will take it down? I think the, the zero RB. He, he, he but I think me. I can wait to do zero RB. I, I, don't think, I don't think I have to like do zero all RB right, right now. Right, so, right. so Chris, what's your? If you get the six, the six pick right in the middle of the first round, right? Like, are you going with the running back or? You're or not like, going to answer you, that. <laughs> I'm not. He's not gonna. All right, like, are you gonna go zero RB robust? Like y'all RB know me well RB? enough to know these type of questions don't work for me because because if Jefferson falls to number six, I'm probably gonna take him, right? Right. If Jefferson's not there, I'm probably gonna take a running back, right? If the running backs I like are not there and Jefferson's not there, I might go Kelsey. So it literally depends on how the well, board. We know falls. that. I'm, we're just talking about draft approach. Which which approach do you think is going to be more successful this year? You got to pick one. Which one do you think will be more successful this year? At the end of the year, yeah. X amount of teams were this successful. Like, which approach do you think is going to be the most successful this year based off the draft at, at its current state? That's I, not a hard question. I already gave you all my questions. It's all of them. I'm all not asking them. what you're going to do. Which one do you, which, which no, I'm draft not saying, do you think I, I gonna, I'm not answering as if what I'm going to do. But this takes me down a different road, though, is because I think our second highest question is, when are you guys going to do rankings and when are you guys going to, you know, like have like a ranking show? And the thing is, is that, what you guys do and just like the, the group chat, it's so fluid and things change throughout the draft exactly. season. And so a lot of players need to understand that, hey, what's being said today is really for today and maybe a week or so. But something could happen to change your entire approach. But they don't care about that. Left they want the, rankings. They don't care the about draft. anything that you just said. <laughs> they want rankings. We will have a ranking show. Let the draft come to you because if you don't let the draft come to you, you're going to end up reaching and you're going to end up losing on value. And 
yeah, you can go into these drafts thinking you know exactly how things are going to play out, but none of us are fortune tellers. Right. None of us know what the future holds. And you could end up accidentally falling into a team if you just let the value come to you that ends up being a great team, you know, yeah. just because you didn't see it that way in draft time. You know, so I, I literally go into the draft and just kind of see. Because here's the thing. If I was to if I was to draft right now, if I was getting into a draft room, mm-hmm. I would assume Jonathan Taylor would be number one. Mm-hmm. Yet I've seen several drafts where Jonathan Taylor is not number one. Mm-hmm. So so it's like the strategy switches. Like if I'm team two. But we're not arguing that. That's not what we're arguing. That's not what we're arguing. We, we're, we're, you know, yes, we understand that. If Jonathan Taylor falls to you at number five, take Jonathan Taylor. We're, not, we're just saying. We're You're saying which strategy is going to be the winning, the winning strategy. Not which one, which one do you think is going to be the most successful? Same, that's the same thing. Which one's going to be the winning strategy? Which one is going to, that's going to take Not it down? overall, because, I mean, he could have just got lucky based off of, like, the players he picked. I'm just saying, which strategy do you think is going to be most successful this year based off the current board? Y'all keep asking me the same question. I'm going to give you a different answer. It's literally the same answer because, okay. again, if y'all want me to explain it, I can, but it's long-winded. No, we, but again, we, we, we understand the idea of being fluid. Like, the, it depends on how you draft. Like, not, everybody not, knows Not even being fluid. I let the draft come to me. Yeah, I don't everybody go, knows I, that. They, I don't, I don't go into the draft that. saying... This is the best strategy for me to take at this time. I go into the draft saying when it when my picks fall to me, when it's time to pick, this is the best approach. And then really once I get to probably round three, that's when I really have a good sense of, okay, this is the type of draft I'm going to do. It's going to be zero running back. It's going to be hero running back. It's going to be robust running back. We're not arguing any of that. We, we agree with that. We, we understand that. We're right. asking you, draft is completed. All drafts are completed. Which approach do you think is going to be most successful? You're not drafting anymore. Drafts are completed. Which one, if you had to pick one, gun to your head, which one would be? Just give me a fake answer. Just say A, B, or C. Guys, I don't have a three. Just I don't have an answer for you. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not here to just lie. I'm gonna say how I truly feel, and I truly feel like all of them are viable, and all of them can take it down. If you get the third or fourth pick, and like I hate to put it to particular players, I know you. I, I know. But the thing is. You can force a zero RB if you want because there's an argument. But I'm not going to gonna force one. I'm not going to force one. Right. So, like, what I'm saying is it's not unreasonable for you to go with Cooper Cup, right, mm-hmm. at the third pick. Right. And it's not, not unreasonable at all. And it's not unreasonable to go for C-Mac if he's there at the third pick. But if you Not be- unreasonable at all, yeah. But if you believe in zero RB, then you would go with Cooper Cup over C-Mac because you want to go zero RB. And- not, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. When you're looking at players that high, it's really just more because now you're talking about the tip top of the draft. Like who is going to be the guy that's going to just be like the best player regardless of position. Right, but like what I'm saying is, if you're if you have a mindset that I'm going zero RB, but that's the thing. That means but that. Th- but here's the problem with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't have that mindset. That's what I keep trying to explain to you. All right, I don't but then go zero in. RB is not on the no, table no, 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 no. I don't go in saying my mindset is zero RB. But we know what, that. what I go in yeah. saying. Okay, let's take your analogy. If I have the third pick, mm-hmm. the exact same scenario you're saying. Because every draft I've seen, Who you C-Mac is going to or Cup is going to. Every single draft I've seen. Or Jonathan Taylor, right? Right, right. So if I'm in the third pick, I'm going to take the guy that okay, wasn't not, picked. You got the second pick. Jonathan Taylor is gone. You got the second pick. Who you taking? Probably C-Mac. Okay, you're taking C-Mac. So already we know zero RB. Zero RB is off No, but I think C-Mac might end up being the top overall player. And we're not even arguing that. So you got C-Mac number one. It comes back to you in the second round. Let's just say it follows ADP. Now who you going with in the second round? It could be a receiver or a running back. 
It goes ADP. Javante who, who, Williams. Okay, is who are my Javante, options? Javante's Arthur Williams. You let's got say, Debo. Let's say you Debo, got Tyreek Hill. I'm not taking Debo. Y'all know that. Okay, right. you got Tyreek Hill. I like Tyreek. Okay, so you taking Tyreek Hill? Who is my other option? Over Aaron Jones. How about Aaron no, Jones? No, Aaron Jones is not there. Aaron Jones. We're, Aaron we're, Jones talking, we're talking about ADP. Yeah, yeah. Javante's gone. Uh, Aaron Jones is gone. Those are, you know, the next best running back on the board, I think, is ETN or uh, Tyree. James Conner. Tyreek. Okay, so you're back in the third round. Okay, who's my options? The, again, same same running backs, and then the next, the next wide receivers. You got the, who's the next wide receiver? Mike got, Evans? No, yeah, no, 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 no. Mike Evans likely gone. So you're looking at Pittman. You're looking at AJ Brown. You're looking at. Uh, I would take both of those guys over. Um, who was who was ETN, ETN or oh yeah, Nick Chubb is one. Yeah, Nick Chubb is actually. I like Chubb. Him. I really like Chubb. Um, I'm not taking ETN. So if it's not Chubb, it would be one of those receivers. Are you taking Chubb or one of those receivers? You on the clock. So my team right now is C Mac and Tyreek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chubb or, or AJ Brown. Who's the other receiver? Pittman. Uh, what's the. Uh, AJ Brown, Pittman. Uh, Keenan Allen is around there. Cincinnati receiver. I know we shouldn't even mention him. He's not if it, okay, I'll say it like this: If it was Evans, I would take Evans over Chubb. Evans not there easily. So again, it's again, this is what I come. This is the point I'm, tell, I'm making. We, I'm telling you, so Evans this is, is not this is the there. point I'm making when I say I lend the draft. Come to me. If it, if Evans fell to the third, mm-hmm. then my team is going to end up being C Mac. Yeah, Tyreek and we Evans, know that, but Evans is not there. But but this the, the, Evans does fall to the third round sometimes. I'm saying he is not no, there. No, but listen, this is the point I'm trying to make. I, we get I, your I'm, point. I'm, we're trying to we're trying to figure out what no, your optimal approach listen, is. But listen, listen. Mm. If it falls that way, it's going to end up being Evans. If Evans is not available, and now I'm choosing between other options, I don't like Pittman as much as I like Chubb. Evans is not available. What about Evans T. Is, no, T. Yeah. Evans is not available. T. Higgins is there. Chubb is there. A.J. Brown is there. Pittman is there. Let's say let's say Chubb is gone too. Let's just say no, that. Chubb no, is no, there. No, no. He's not there. He's there. But you got to answer there. again. See how you don't want to answer the question? No, let me, let me answer the question. Let me, let me answer the question. I'm high on Chubb. Okay. I'm, right. I'm overly high on Chubb. So if it was another running back, say somebody else was higher on Chubb and they took him earlier than that, and now I have all these other guys that you're saying, now it's literally, it probably end up be a receiver. Chubb is there. So you're taking Chubb. I really like Chubb, yeah. So you take Chubb. Okay. Like, but, but, so that, if my, that, that, but my first two. My first two um, players were both receivers. I was still considered taking Chubb because I like Chubb because because in that case Chubb fell to me. I understand that. I understand. Well, Chubb falls to like the late third round, and I yeah. and I end up taking him because yeah. I like Chubb. But yeah. if I didn't like Chubb as much as I'm saying, mm-hmm. or if somebody else took him, then I probably would have taken a wide receiver at that point. That's understandable. But I think what I'm trying to just get see, at see, is I just think like I, th- these questions are asking me are asking me specific players whether I like them or not. That has nothing to do with the strategy approach. Like the question was, what strategy or, or which type of approach do I like in these drafts? And my answer was, I let the draft fall to me. I look at. Again, how these players yeah, when it's when it's my time on the clock. Yeah, when it's yeah. my time turn on the clock, I'm not saying that was actually I, an option. I just I left it nah, off on nah, purpose. Nah, <laughs> okay, okay. I like value based out. <laughs> I left that, it off on purpose. Again, yeah, that, I knew he was gonna no, come back to that answer. That's not smart. Value based draft is the same thing as letting the fall uh, letting the draft yeah, fall yeah, to you. Yeah, so yeah, that was yeah, my yeah, answer. Y'all didn't want to accept that. No, we didn't want to give you that answer. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We're out, man. Like, we are way way over time. We grilled him tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, came through the, he came through the fire, though. <laughs> he came through the fire. <laughs> All right, guys. We're out. Where, where, good. where you go? <laughs> what is your answer? Oh, zero RV. Oh, you're zero RV. You're a zero RV, really? RV guy? I almost like forced it sometimes. I feel like I haven't seen you in the I haven't seen your zero RB drafts. But yeah, like I almost for I mean, like the last draft I did. Why do you I, think zero RB is gonna take it down this year? Just because I think that running backs are becoming less and less a focus. 
of offenses going forward. So that means that they're not going to like. There's there's a couple ways to look at it. You might like if you believe that they're going to be less valuable, then that means that the ones that are valuable should be taken higher. I just don't believe that like a lot of the running backs can duplicate what they did last year. And so I end up getting. So let me ask you this. If the running backs that are going later now end up their ADP end up rising like Mm -hmm. two full rounds higher. Mm-hmm. Will you still say zero running back and just take different running back, or would you change your strategy at that point? Uh, it depends. I mean, <laughs> you're not truly a zero. See, here's the no, thing: no, if no. y'all are gonna tell me, if y'all are gonna sit no. there and say I'm a zero running back guy, like no, no. that's the one's gonna take it, then it literally doesn't matter. Well, I mean, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think that's, that's the case because I think if you yeah. can, if you if you're looking at ADP, we all have the luxury of knowing what the ADP currently is. But but yeah. and you but you, ADP you don't just, is but you can have multiple. Changes. But you can have multiple. Um, that's what I'm saying right now. Yeah. If I'm drafting right now, I know what the ADP is right now. So what I'm saying is. You can have multiple things playing into why you like one approach. Right, right. Some of it could be just like, I don't like running backs because they get injured. I don't want to spend that much draft capital. And then some factor could be in, I like the later running backs. So mm-hmm. I feel like I like these guys so much. Okay. Why am I taking so, so so what you So what you're really saying is the strategy today, this is what I like. But the strategy can change down the line. I feel yeah. like it so, should. So, it's so, a draft so, so, that, it so that way y'all are truly treating it fluid. Then y'all are really not y'all are really not saying a certain strategy is ideal. What y'all are saying is the way the draft boards look now, Nobody's this is the strategy you like. Nobody is saying questions. Yes. No, but and the, we no, need an no, answer. But that's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, no, My no. question I'm asking yeah. you is, are you saying this strategy just in general is the top strategy? Or are you saying the way the boards look right now today, I like doing Zero running. Oh, back. real talk. I'm with you. Value based draft. Oh, yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. value based draft. See, so y'all just grill really me really. all that time. No, no, in yeah, reality, I like to grill you. No, no. I mean, he really does believe in yeah, the RB. Yeah, but okay. also, it depends on which pick I get. That's what, bro. All right, follow me, uh, A underscore underscore Dayo, D A Y O. Uh, Catch us next week, first and 15. We out. Please like, rate, subscribe.